Hi, I'm Pastor Joe Faldet, and today is going to be a little bit different because instead of having a sermon from last Sunday, I'm actually recording it right now. And the reason I'm recording it right now is because I lost my voice. If you're listening carefully, you can tell that I still don't have it 100% and things aren't quite as crisp as I would like. But that's just the way that things go. Uh, we did a lot of caroling on Saturday and by Sunday I no longer had a voice. So I want to say thank you to Jim Buss and Bruce Anderson for filling in for me and on the spot having a short devotional for the congregation. With that, today's sermon is actually going to be topical. And I don't usually do that, but I've been running into varying situations where I think this needs to be discussed. And so today I'm going to be trying to answer the question, why go to church? And if you see me looking down, that's a webcam and I'm looking at my notes on the screen. Uh, so first off, before we ask the question, why go to church? We need to ask the question, what is church? And the first thing people talk about church, they talk about all sorts of different things. So I'm going to make a couple of definitions. Uh, first off, it's local congregation. And so that's a group of people who are getting together at a specific place, at a specific time, because they're Christians. That's a local congregation. And so when we say church, oftentimes what we're talking about is, why would you join a local congregation for worship? And that's the second thing that people talk about when they say go to church. They're actually talking about attending a worship service. We had church today. And what does that mean? Well, we got together and we worshipped. The purpose of the worship service, according to Melanchthon, who is one of Luther's counterparts, was to teach the people how to worship. And so we get together once a week for an hour or two hours, depending, and we practice worshipping. So we have the worship service in order to teach us how we worship in our normal lives. And so we have singing and we have prayer. And uh, we as Lutherans, we have, or here at Hosanna, we have confession of sin. We have confession of faith. And we have scripture readings. And we have a time of meditating on the word of God. And all of those things actually play into our daily worship. Our daily worship is a thing of prayer. And it's a thing of singing. And it's a thing of meditating on the word of God. It's a thing of confessing our sins to God and also confessing our faith to God. Now, when we're worshiping, when I'm worshiping alone, I don't often, I do sometimes, but I don't often go through the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed. I have read through the Athanasian Creed as a devotional exercise from time to time. Uh, I'd encourage that. It's it's really long, but it's something that is good to meditate on. Um, but we can confess our faith to God in all sorts of ways. Tell God what we believe about him and why. Where does scripture say this? And so that's the purpose of the worship service. So when we have church, really what it means is that we're having a worship service. And that worship service, the purpose of that is to teach us how to worship throughout the rest of our week. Another thing that we call church is our facility. And I can actually thank the, the dean of the AFLC schools for this definition. A facility is something that's supposed to facilitate the congregation worshiping or the working of the congregation. And so a facility is a building. And the purpose of a building, a building is not a church. 
the purpose of a building is to facilitate worship. It creates a sacred place, a sacred space. And so oftentimes they're decorated in manners that encourage worship. That's why we have altars and that's why we have pulpits and baptismal fonts. And that's why we have certain colored carpets and all of that stuff. And I don't know a lot about that stuff. Uh, the symbolism, I'm just starting to understand, but I'm getting, I, I, I'm kind of at a loss with some of it. Uh, finally, the other thing that we call church is a denomination. And a denomination is just a group of congregations that in some manner are agreeing to that they believe about the same thing or that they act in about the same way. And so that's a denomination. People get after denominations. They say, oh, there's so many Christian churches and how do you know which one's which? Like, well, it would be a lot harder if we didn't have denominations. Because at very least, denominations help us to delineate the beliefs that people who belong to those denominations hold. There's going to be a big difference between the Catholic Church and the Baptists and the Lutherans and the Presbyterians and the Assembly of God. And there's there's differences there. Now, they all call themselves Christians. And so then that demonstrates that there are similarities. We all hold to Christ. And that's central within Christianity. But, you know, between Baptists and Lutherans, there are distinctions. And so that's why I call myself a Lutheran. Uh, although I don't agree with all Lutherans, then, you know, but that distinguishes me from Baptists or Catholics or Presbyterians. But then when you start looking at Lutherans, I would say I am an AFLC Lutheran. And that would distinguish me from the Missouri Senate or the Wisconsin Senate or the NALC or, you know, you name it. And so that's why we have denominations. Denominations are shorthand. They're not bad things. People get into this. Uh, I don't think denominations are bad things. They're just shorthand. They make life simpler so that I can say, I'm an AFLC Lutheran. And then someone who knows about AFLC Lutheran can say, oh, that means he believes this category of things. If I say I'm a Southern Baptist, that would mean that I believe a certain other category of things. But since I'm a Christian, we all fall under that category as opposed to being a Muslim or being a Buddhist or being an atheist for that matter. Because all of those titles are simply shorthand for the things that we approximately believe. So that's what churches are. So what is a church? A church is a local congregation. And so when I talk about why I go to church, I'm asking the question, why should we actually attend a worship service? Or why should we attend something with other people? under the umbrella or the banner of Christianity. Why should we do that? What's its purpose? Well, we got a couple of reasons. First one comes from Hebrews 10, 25. And there in the English standard, it says, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And so the author of the book of Hebrews here gives us a command, uh, not neglecting to meet together. So if you're a Christian, what the author of the book of Hebrews is saying is that you, you need to be meeting together with other Christians. And, and that's important because if we're 
call ourselves Christians, then we have something in common with other Christians. And if we want to reinforce those things that we have in common with other Christians, we need to meet together with those Christians. And he acknowledges, though, the author of the book of Hebrews acknowledges that some are in the habit of neglecting meeting together. And we see that in America all the time. Uh, we see people neglecting the meeting together of, of believers. Believers aren't getting together. And they. I've heard things like, well, I can worship God in the deer stand as well as I can worship God in any church. I can worship God in the fishing boat as well as I can worship God in any church. I can worship God in nature as well as I can worship God in any church. And that's true. We can worship God in those places. But it's also false because not as well. The question that we run into is how do we know then that the God that we're worshiping is the God who actually is? The God that truly exists? And that is a different question. Because when I'm alone, it's really easy for me and and I speak to this personally, it's really easy for me to become, to be led astray, to be led astray by my own thoughts or my own ponderings, um, by my own wishes and my own desires, that I'll start to be led astray by those things. And then I start thinking about God in ways that isn't true, even while I'm reading scripture, because I can twist scripture. And so, the author of the book of Hebrews says, but encouraging one another. And so we're not, we're not necessarily going to church in order to achieve accountability, but rather encouragement. And so when we talk about encouragement, we have to be careful because that doesn't mean that, you know, I'm feeling kind of low, I'm feeling kind of down. And so I need someone to bolster my self-esteem. And so I'm going to go to church in order to feel good about myself. And I know people who've said that. Uh, I actually know a lady, one lady in specific that I think about who said that she didn't like a specific pastor because she wants to leave church feeling good about herself. I'm like, well, that's not the easiest thing to do because sometimes we need to feel bad about ourselves because we're going the wrong direction. And we need to be scared at times and we need to be terrified at times as to what's going to happen. And the encouragement then is encouragement towards a specific goal. And it's not just encouragement in that I feel bad, I need someone to lift me up. It's to encourage us towards a specific end, a specific goal. And that specific goal is Christ-likeness. And so the purpose of the local congregation is that these people that I'm gathering together with, that they would encourage me all the more to become like Christ. To encourage, but encouraging one another. The people in the book of Hebrews, sorry, I'm not used to this setup. Uh, the people in the book of Hebrews were people that were being led astray by Judaizers, by people saying in order to be true God followers, you need to follow the law. You need to sacrifice in the temple. You need to have a priest. And these are the only real ways to follow God. The people of the book of Hebrews were actually Hebrews who had become Christians. And they were being discouraged and they were being encouraged to go back to the Old Testament ways instead of following Christ. And so when 
the author of the book of Hebrews, who we don't know who he is, says encouraging one another, that has to be taken in context. And the context here is encouraging one another towards following Christ rather than just being led astray. When Jesus was going to be crucified, he actually says, you strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. So Satan's goal there was to hit Jesus so that the sheep scattered. Why do they, why does Satan want sheep to be scattered? Why does Satan want people to neglect to meet together as Christians? What's Satan's goal there? Satan's goal is to weaken us because we are weaker alone because we don't have anybody else then to encourage us. And then we stand on our own self-will, our own power. And that's not a good place to be because, well, we are weaker than we like to think we are. We don't have this strength. We don't have it all figured out. We don't have everything put together. And that puts us into a realm of danger because Satan is pretty clever. He's really smart. He's a lot smarter than we are. You're like, well, if I got my doctrines down, I'm set. Like, no, that's not the way it works. Satan has had millennia to work out these temptations. And he's pretty clever when it comes to it. And so then we need other Christians who are outside of our lives to help us and to guide us and to encourage us towards Christ-likeness, to point us all the more towards that goal, to be more like Christ, to follow Christ better, to be more dedicated, to be more humble, to be more honest. Because otherwise, we're going to end up falling away, end up being distracted from Christ. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. So the more difficult things are, the more we need to meet together as Christians. Because it was a common understanding, and it should be today, but it was a common understanding in the New Testament era that when things get closer to Christ's coming, things are going to get worse. And so as we see things getting worse in America right now, and it, not to say that it's bad, uh, we are remarkably blessed, and we should always remember that. But as we see things getting worse, we need the church more. We need to get together with other believers more. We need to encourage each other more. And so the problem with that is not every church does that. Not every local congregation does that. And that's a problem. And that's unfortunate. I think a lot of congregations have lost the plot. We don't know why we get together anymore. We think we just get together to worship, to have a public worship service. You know, you come and you sit down and you sing some songs and you read some liturgy and, or you stand up and sing some songs and then you listen to a pastor drone on for about half an hour or, you know, 15 minutes or 10 minutes, depending. Uh, and some churches, granted, it's quite a bit longer. I have been to churches where we've had an hour and 15 minute sermons. Um, not a lot of it in, Amer in America, but it happens. And so we think that that's the worship service. And so that's the reason we go to church. Like, no, the worship service is to train us to worship. We congregate as Christians in order to be encouraged by those Christians in our walk with the Lord. So next, we're going to look at 2 Timothy 2.22. And there Paul says, So flee youthful passions. 
and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. So flee youthful passions. Now, Timothy was a young pastor. And as young pastors, and I would still consider myself a young pastor, um, we do have a tendency to get distracted by things that we shouldn't be distracted by. And I'm not saying that these things are necessarily bad, but these things are things that impassion us. And there are things that drive us along. And so then we become one-sided. We become overworked. You know, that's the uh, the imagery of the slave in the rowing. Um, I don't know if you've ever read the book Ben-Hur. If you haven't, I definitely encourage it. It's really a fascinating book. Um, but Ben-Hur in that book made sure that he rowed on both sides of the boat so that his musculature would develop equally and evenly instead of him being you know, muscular on one side and less muscular on the other side. So that's the problem with pursuing youthful passions. Not that these things are wrong, but that these things actually make us unbalanced. And when we become unbalanced as Christians, we start focusing only on speaking in tongues or baptism or, you know, how much alcohol is legitimate or not. Or, you know, we focus on a single issue instead of looking at the wholeness, the totality of Christianity. And, and Christianity is so rich and it's so vast and it's so big. And when I'm only focused on baptism or the Lord's Supper, I become unbalanced. And so Paul's saying here, flee youthful passions. Why? Well, because they make you unbalanced. Flee those things that make you unbalanced. But how do I know what doesn't make me unbalanced? Well, then Paul continues, and pursue. So those are the things you run away from. What are we to aim for? Pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. And so these are supposed to be the aims of my life. Things that I want to have expressed in all aspects of me, in all aspects of my life. I want to have faith, righteousness, love, and peace. So righteousness, all of these ultimately are, you know, action-oriented. Uh, righteousness, that I'm living properly. Faith, that I'm living according, you know, but how do we know what righteousness looks like? Well, it's living according to God's will instead of according to my will or someone else's will. And that's that's an act of faith, that I would put God first, that he would really be my Lord and that he'd be the director and the guide of my life. Love. This is how I interact with other people. All of these things play into each other. You know, they they build on each other and they they build each other up and they illuminate each other. Uh, righteousness, faith, love, and peace. And so this is how I interact with other people. This is how I interact with myself. This is how I interact with the things of this world is through righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. And so with this, I'm not to be doing all of this just all by myself, but I'm to be looking for people that are also doing these things, that are actually trusting the Lord. And this is how we can discern whether or not we should 
go to a specific congregation or not? Are there people here that are pursuing the Lord from a pure heart? Why are people attending this congregation? Why do they come here? Do they come here because that's where they grew up and that's all they know? Um, do they come here? Actually, I had uh, I had some people, well, one person in specific I'm thinking about right now, who wanted to come to Hosanna and join us for worship and, and become a member of the congregation. But he didn't because he was afraid what the people at his old congregation would say about him if they saw his car in the parking lot. And he was concerned for his reputation. So are they going to church? Are they attending that church? Are they going to worship there? Are they joining in with a specific congregation for the sake of their reputation? If they're doing that, that's not a pure heart. The purpose isn't our reputation. The purpose isn't networking. You know, we can maybe gain a reputation from going to a specific church or attending a specific congregation, but that shouldn't be our goal. And that shouldn't be the goal of the people that are around us. That shouldn't be our primary motivating factor. But our primary motivating factor should be, and note that word should, I'm saying that that this is a standard, should be to call upon the Lord. That's that pure heart, that this is our goal, is to strive to be closer to God, to strive to be closer to the Lord. Do we go to a congregation because they have lots of kids? Like, well, it's nice when they do, especially if you have young kids, um, or even if you don't. It's nice to go to a congregation that has lots of kids, but that's not a legitimate reason. The question is, are these people calling upon the Lord from a pure heart? Do they want to grow in Christ-likeness? Do they want to grow in righteousness, faith, love, and peace? Do they want to be built up in those things? Or are they going for other reasons? Are they going to network? Are they going because they have friends there? Are they going because they have family there? Those are all fine secondary reasons. But they're not legitimate primary reasons. So why should we go to church? Why should we join a congregation and learn to worship with them and spend time with them and fellowship with them? Why should we do that? Well, it's because if we're alone, then we're pretty weak. Strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. Then we're just isolated sheep. And that's a dangerous spot to be because the devil is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. There is strength in the flock because then we have other people to encourage us in our walk with the Lord. And it's not that Satan is trying to break us down so that we're poor, (coughs) but he's trying to get us to not follow Christ. That is his primary motivation to get us to not follow Christ. And so we meet together with other Christians so that we're encouraged in our walk with Christ. Now that requires humility. 
that requires friendship, that requires relationships, it requires time, it requires trust, it requires good leadership, it requires all of those things. All of those things are important. But the amazing thing is, you can find those things when you look for them. When you ask God to provide them for you, he will open your eyes to them. Okay, Lord, this is what I need. I need someone that's going to encourage me to pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. I'm going to need someone to encourage me to call on the Lord from a pure heart. I'm going to need some other people to do that for me. And that's what I want my congregation to be. And that's why we should be going to church, why we should be joining in with another congregation, because we as Christians need this. A radio program can't provide this. A YouTube program can't provide this. We need other believers in our lives because we're going to go astray. We're going to be led astray by youthful passions. And then we're going to become unbalanced and we can even then get into evil things too. Because we've been led astray. So flee youthful passions. Flee those things that get us unbalanced. Flee those things that drive you away from other people. Pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Pursue calling on the Lord from a pure heart. And seek out the people who are also doing these things. That'll be your congregation. Seek that out. Seek out that fellowship. You need it, especially as the day comes nearer. As life gets harder, you need that all the more. And you need that body, that congregation built up around you. You need those relationships built up. I need those relationships built up around me so that when things become difficult, I have people that I can rely on. I have people that I can trust. I have people that I can look to, to guide me, to grant to give me good advice. I was at a at a loss about two weeks ago now. And well, actually it was only one week ago now. I was at a loss. I didn't know what to do. And so I went to the deacons of my congregation because I know that they are godly men who care about me and who have the ability to give good advice. And I went to them for advice and I received good advice wasn't necessarily the thing I was looking for, but it helped me in my pursuit of the Lord, in my pursuit of faith, love, peace, and righteousness. Their advice guided me in that. How do I know what I'm to do? How do I apply scripture in this situation? That's what a godly congregation will provide for you. You can't find that on YouTube. You can't just Google that. You can't build these relationships simply through social media. You actually need one-on-one interpersonal interaction. And so today, that's what I want to encourage you in. Do not neglect the congregating of believers, the gathering together of believers, as some are in the habit of doing. Because we need that encouragement to seek Christ, to follow Christ, to walk with Christ. And if that's not happening in your congregation, well, maybe you are the one that needs to start that. Or if you don't even know how to start that, maybe you need to find that somewhere else. Why are you going there? Why are you doing what you're doing? 
if it's not encouraging you in your walk with the Lord. If you have any questions, um, comment on YouTube. You can give me a call. You can send emails. Our website is www.hosannafreelutheran.com. Uh, you can check out any of those avenues that we have on, on our website and get a hold of me. And I'll help you walk through this. Or put a comment in our YouTube section and I'll do my best to get back to you so that we, I can help you walk through this. Because this is important. This is as important as your inter- eternal salvation because it helps you maintain, to stick in, to continue to follow Jesus because Satan is at work and he's not to be taken lightly. Thank you for listening today. There is more content on our website, www.hosannafreelutheran.com. And you're welcome to join us for Sunday morning. We have worship at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings and Sunday school at 9 a.m. May God bless you today.